Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bearer Podcast. My name is Bukola Oniloye, and I'm your host for this episode. I'm currently a final year doctoral researcher at the Open University, where I research parents' perspectives and practices around formal schooling in rural Africa. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Jie Gao. Dr. Jie Gao is a research fellow and lecturer at the Center for Teacher and Early Years Education at the Institute of Education, UCL. Her research background is in the psychology of education, and her research interests include parenting, children's play, agency, and well-being, motivation theories, and innovative methodologies. She has experience using a wide range of research methods, particularly mixed methods approaches, such as Q methodology. Her current research focuses on children's voices in early childhood and the period between preschool and primary education, the design and evaluation of parenting programs, and early years teacher continuing professional development. Dr. Jie and I will be speaking about the dreaded and sometimes dreadful theoretical framework. This is because despite the plethora of physical and online resources available on the topic, the theoretical or conceptual framework remains an area of confusion for doctoral and other early career researchers. Once a researcher does manage to understand what it is, they typically still struggle to apply it to their study. So today, we'll try to unpack the notion of the theoretical or conceptual framework while getting some much-needed insight into its use. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jie. Hello. Hi. Really glad to be here and to discuss the dreadful theoretical framework. Thank you so much. We're excited to have you here as well, and we're looking forward to this podcast as well. So before we even go anywhere, Dr. Jie, what is your definition of the theoretical framework? And is it for you the same as a conceptual framework? If not, how do you differentiate between the theoretical framework or the conceptual framework? Thank you very much for the question. So I actually did some reading in order to answer this definition question because it sounds really serious when you talk about definitions. And uh, I read from uh, Helen Green's paper. She cited Fain 2004 saying that theory can be defined as an organized and systematic set of interrelated statements or concepts that specify the nature of relationships between two or more variables with the purpose of understanding a problem or the nature of things. And you can kind of define concepts as a symbolic statements describing a phenomenon or a class of phenomena. So I think for me, when think about theoretical framework or conceptual framework, it's kind of like you use a very structured model or theoretical framework to guide your research or guide your thinking. And it's based on existing research and the literature and also the wisdom of existing scholars in this field. And me personally, I don't think that there's a difference between theoretical framework or conceptual framework because I see so many scholars and academics use these two terms interchangeable. Like for me, I don't see that there is a need to differentiate them from the definition. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. And that aligns with my thinking as well. And I think 
part of why I asked the question is because there is that confusion. I think when you are getting into thinking about the theoretical framework, one of the earliest confusion is, well, is a theoretical framework the same as a conceptual framework? So it's helpful to know that they're both used interchangeably in the literature, often by experienced and seasoned scholars. And we shouldn't get too hung up on trying to differentiate between whether it's a theoretical or a conceptual framework. The two terms are conveying the same the same idea as you've just explained. Yeah, and I think like some of my students, they sometimes confused about the theoretical perspective of your research or, or, or your position as a researcher and the theoretical or conceptual framework. So from the theoretical perspectives, it's kind of like which paradigm you as a researcher is situated in or your study is situated in. So that can be quite different from theoretical conceptual framework that you will use to guide your research. So that's really useful to to, to get that distinction from you that a theoretical perspective is speaking to your philosophical assumptions or what some other people call a paradigm. And it's not the same as your theoretical framework. And because I think some people actually do consider your paradigm as part of your theory. And I differentiate the two, I, I think just for my own clarity. So I, I look at that paradigm as a more personal perspective in terms of my philosophical assumptions. And I look at that theoretical framework as something that I draw from the literature, I draw from the work of other scholars to try to build a set of ideas that I will use in my work. So that's really helpful. So I hope people are taking note of these different terms that we're using, and hopefully it's clearing up some confusion around their uses as well. So you're a, a lecturer, you're a research fellow, so you, it's been a few years since you completed your PhD, obviously, and uh, one of the criteria for being awarded a doctorate was a selection and the application of a theoretical framework. And I imagine that obviously since your, your doctorate as well, you've been using theoretical frameworks in your work. I think we can speak about those two different, if you will, sort of directions. So can you give us a bit of insight in relation to your doctoral research, how and at what stage during your doctoral program were you able to identify your theoretical framework? For my PhD project, I investigated the relationships between uh, parenting behaviors and adolescents' well-being and their academic achievements. So it's actually a very deductive approach. So I started with theory. When I look into like variables as like parenting behaviors, so I go for the Bambers framework and when I look into children's well-being, I go for grief psychological well-being as my theoretical framework and also use these theories to guide me how to measure these constructs and how to use all these psychometric measurements in my study. So it's a very theory-driven like piece of research. And I start with all these available theoretical frameworks on parenting and on children's well-being, on their academic achievements, and use this to guide my research and how to choose the appropriate measurement and how to like frame my research questions and also come up with the hypothesis that I wanted to examine in my investigation. And also, I'm kind of like aware of the limitations of all theories, uh, and especially like my research is 
in the context of contemporary Chinese societies. And almost all of the theories I used were developed in Western contexts. So I have to be aware of the limitations of application of these theories or these theoretical frameworks in my own context. But I think for my PhD project, it's a very like deductive approach. I start with theory and then I relate it to my own context and use those theory to guide my whole research process. But currently, I'm doing research in children's voice, and it's another way around. So it's more inductive and also like more grounded theory. So I use the data to inform my research and to understand children's meaning making. So it's like I do not start with a specific concept or specific theoretical framework, but let the data to inform where I should go, uh, what kind of progress I shall make. That is really, really helpful. And I will come back to your point about the limitations of the applicability of theoretical frameworks developed in one context when trying to apply them in another. And to align with your later use of theoretical frameworks, mine PhD at the moment is certainly much more inductive. I had ideas about theory for prior to doing my field work and at the beginning, and obviously those ideas were drawn from literature that I read who were doing similar types of work um, in similar contexts, and I got a sense of the kinds of theoretical frameworks that they were applying. So I had ideas of, of what could potentially work, um, and I kept those in the back of my head. But I think it wasn't until after I generated the data that it was no longer possible to postpone my selection of the theoretical framework that I had to decide on the particular uh, framework that I wanted to use. And I thought it was so late in the game to be doing that, but my supervisors ended up thinking it was a great fit because the framework that I ended up uh, selecting or building rather encapsulated everything that I had been talking about since the beginning of my research. So I think for me, while it was concerning to have found my theoretical framework so late in the game, I think if your work is less about proving or disproving theory and more about applying theoretical tools to the data, then this approach can definitely work. But can you say a bit more about this idea of the limitations of applying theoretical frameworks to different contexts? Because that's something that I've also struggled with in my work and I haven't been able to respond to it as much as I would have liked to. And I think this idea of yours of being explicit about those limitations is a potential response because often you actually cannot find frameworks that are applicable to the context that you're seeking to do research in, perhaps because scholars haven't developed those frameworks, perhaps because scholars within those contexts are applying the Western models. So can you say a little bit more about that and, and how you dealt with that? I mean, it sounds like that's something that you clearly were reflexive about. How did you manage that or sort of resolve that in your work? I'm not sure whether I resolved that or not, but I think that relating to what you have just said, you consciously chose your theoretical framework after you have got the data. I think that many people will use the theoretical framework in order to analyze the data, to understand the meaning of the data. So that is 
when at that point they kind of feel like I really need to go back to literature. If I don't have a theoretical framework ready already, I have to go back to literature to make sure that I can understand the data uh, in a more theoretical or more like structured way. So I think for me, because most of my research for my PhD and also currently are in Chinese contexts. So sometimes when I try to use these Western developed theoretical framework to understand my data, I encounter the difficulties. For example, I'm currently doing a lot of research to understand children's agency, but agency itself is a very individualistic concept and it can manifest in a very different way in a collectivist society like China. So when I try to apply the conceptualization of agency developed in Western context in China, I found like, okay, all Chinese children, they don't have agency. That's not the case, right? That's not true. So I will let my data to tell you that what agency can be conceptualized in the Chinese context in a way that agency is manifested in different ways as children in Western contexts. So I think maybe reflect on your question. I think you will start with the existing theoretical framework. Test or try it out with your data in your own research context and then let the data to refine the theory and also to contribute to the existing theoretical frameworks to add new things to it, to create new knowledge to it, and then refine it in a way with the data you have got, a making meaning process rather than like, okay, I've got this theoretical framework and it will work in all contexts. So even for students who are doing research in in like in the context in UK or in Western context, the theoretical framework may not work as well because it was developed as they 10 or 20 years ago and like times change and with your context can be quite different. So even you are using theoretical framework developed in Western context and doing research in Western context, you still need to be reflective in terms of the applicability of this theoretical framework in your research. Thank you so much. That's a really important point. And it brings to mind some some literature around childhoods that I've read and the way childhood is conceptualized in different contexts. And that's probably another podcast that we need to that we need to, to set up to discuss what agency means for children in different contexts. But I think that's really, really important. And I think what your point also raises that there are diversity even within these contexts. So it's not so much that the the framework might not be applicable when you exit this context. Actually, within this context as well, the framework itself might have challenges. So this constant reflexivity, which we often think about more methodologically, but applying that reflexivity to your theoretical conceptualization is really, really important. And sort of related to how you selected and identified uh, your, your theoretical framework. How did you go about that? Because you mentioned concepts around parenting, around children's um, agency and well-being, children's achievement. How did you identify the frameworks or the, the concepts or the theories that you ended up putting together in your framework? 
So I think that that's the whole process of conducting literature review and also writing up the literature review chapter for your PhD project. And I think like, like when you started your PhD, you have an idea and you have a research interest and you, maybe you have like an interesting question that you wanted to answer. And then you go into the field and then you start reading all this existing literature and see what work has been done, what questions have been answered, and then trying to identify the gap in the research area. So I think for me, when I was trying to choose appropriate theoretical framework for my PhD project and kind of like related to the gap in the research. So what is the most applicable theoretical framework that can be used cross-culturally, so in the Chinese context, and also for my age group, like adolescents. So I try to find a theoretical framework that has been used and has evidence, research-informed evidence, showing that it's suitable and it works in different contexts with adolescents, then that's how I choose it. So I think it's based on wide range of literature and trying to conduct a critical literature review of existing work that has been done by all these scholars in the field and to find the most appropriate one for your own research context. Uh, in order to address your research questions. And that's really helpful. And that leads into my other question, sort of curiosity around the differences between the, the theoretical framework or this process of selecting and identifying framework from a more applied, post-positivist, uh, more quantitative-leaning uh, research and the work that you're doing now, which I imagine is a little bit more qualitative in, in, in that um, inductive way. Does your theoretical framework look different from, from either of those perspectives or it's, it all still sort of looks the same? Do you still put them together in the same way or are there differences that you've noticed in your own experience? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because I'm a like mixed method person. And I kind of feel like sometimes when I discuss research with qualitative or quantitative researchers, I have to use very different terms and also use very different language. So definitely, I would say that the theoretical, I wouldn't say that there's a difference in terms of the theoretical framework itself, but rather how you apply this theoretical framework or how you use the theoretical framework to either to guide your research or to inform your research. So from a very quantitative aspect, it's kind of like you need to make sure like you understand the concept or the construct correctly, you know uh, the definition and you know how to operationalize the concept in real life, like how to measure it, what is the reliability, validity of the measurement, etc. Whereas in qualitative research, uh, it's kind of like how you understand the the topic that you are going to investigate and you use you you understand this phenomenon through the lens of a theoretical framework or a specific concept and so i think it's quite different how you are going to use the theoretical framework in these two different paradigms of research and that's interesting and i'm reflecting on how that resonates with, with my own use of it because I come in from the more qualitative um, dimension. And it strikes me that 
critical reflexivity that we've been discussing comes into play much more in the selection and identification of theoretical framework in qualitative research, whereas in quantitative research, you can make that selection, but it's in perhaps the piloting or in, in, in the testing or in the use where those issues will come up. Because when you're doing your reliability and your validity test, that's when the, the issue of fit really comes in. That's when you're now exploring to what extent it fits across context. And that's when you need to address those issues. So that's an interesting perspective. Thank you for that. I have another question in relation to sort of the combination of theories. I mean, to combine or not to combine, perhaps that's the question, is it? I mean, to what extent do you combine theories? And obviously your work, you've had to combine theories. You talked again about identifying theories around parenting behaviors, around children's well-being and, and academic um, achievement. Did you have to combine all of those? And how do you decide on when to stop combining? You know, how do you decide how to combine or when to stop searching? Can you give us a little bit more insight on this, this idea of sort of mixing theories and mixing concepts? In terms of this question, I think it's depends on what is your research question. So what is the focus of your research? And obviously, like for the research topic that you may find a lot of theories that they are all trying to like explain it or all trying to shed a light on it. And if that they can work together, then obviously you can combine them and use the different perspectives they offer. But sometimes you will find that theories can contradict with each other. Then as a like researcher, you need to critically uh, critique on these two different perspectives or theories. Then to say in your research, in your context, which one you you will take and which one will work in your context or you can say like maybe i will make a combination of them or like the integration of both aspects will work best for my own research so i think as a mixed methods researcher i'm pragmatist so whatever works for your research context and for your research question is the optimal way of doing research Absolutely. The idea of taking it back to your research questions is, is really, really helpful. It is all led by your research questions. And I think your theoretical framework is supposed to, to work for your research questions where, where you're finding that it's not working or you need to, you're not able to provide the insight that you need with the current set of tools that you have, then you need to do a little bit more searching. But I think there is something there to be said about when you stop as well. I remember when I was trying to identify my theoretical framework and, you know, the tools that I was, I was bringing together two sort of major schools. So I was combining Bourdieu's concepts with sense capability approach. And uh, the more you read about one set of tools, so to give the example of the capability approach, I was getting a bit frustrated because as I read more about that, I was actually finding contradictions <laughs> within the, the approach itself in terms of scholars who have applied it in different ways. So there's something there too about knowing when to stop even within the 
a specific set of tools that you've identified. You know, once you, you're aware of, of, of the, the, the argument and the debates within that discipline or within that theoretical approach. And I think you need to obviously demonstrate that awareness, but perhaps not going down the rabbit hole of those debates is probably a, a, good, a good thing to bear in mind. And I was thinking also in terms of combining theoretical concepts and theoretical tools I think, you know, the famous, <laughs> the famous researcher response is it depends, right? It depends on your research questions. It depends on your context. It depends on everything. But I think, as you said, you know, to what extent are the different combinations helping to answer your research questions? What does the additional set of theories or concepts that you're adding give you that you don't get with what you currently have. It's, if it's not adding very much, then you don't need to continue to add things because the more you add, the more you have to justify. And I think the more that potentially creates questions in the minds of the examiners about the extent to which you actually know what it is that, that you're doing. And I think something else around the combination is this, I mean, I don't want to get into a philosophical discussion here. That's probably another podcast, but you mentioned the theoretical perspectives earlier, uh, and I used the word um, paradigm or philosophical assumptions. And I think that's something also to be borne in mind when trying to combine different sets of tools, because you have to ensure that the theories that you're combining are ontologically and epistemologically consistent, right? So you would be hard pressed to argue for the combination of two theories where one has a, a relativist ontology and the other has a realist ontology. That's really important. And sometimes I think these philosophical assumptions of these theories are not always made explicit. And I know, you know, I had that experience. I have to do a bit of digging to find the reference which um, really elicited the direction in which the theoretical framework was leading in terms of their ontological and epistemological perspective. So that's a really important thing to bear in mind. And that's something that when you discuss your methodology as well, you have to justify not only your theoretical perspective, which are these philosophical assumptions and your paradigm, but also the ontological and epistemological consistency of the various tools that you're bringing together, if you are bringing together more than one, and to make it really clear that they're not they're not contradicting, they're not in contention. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a really good point. And also, I think as PhD students and also as researchers, we should always be aware of the limitations. Uh, like every theoretical framework has limitations, and every research method has limitations, and every piece of research has limitations. Sometimes we can be like a perfectionist, like wanted to add different layers of perspectives or add a different layer of to make a combination to say okay it will make it better but there's a limit that there's restraint and we needed to accept that and make compromise in research and to understand that if we can be reflective on the limitations then it is also a contribution to the field to knowledge I love that. The fact that your reflection on the limitations is a contribution, that's really great. And I think that that's really helpful to think about because we get so bogged down by the limitations of our work 
that we can't even conceive that the limitations can be a contribution. That is so encouraging. Thank you for that. So we want to move on into applying the theoretical framework in your work. And I'm laughing because this is probably where that dreadfulness comes in, because I mean, the dreadfulness also comes in in selecting and identifying and, and, and thinking about what your theoretical framework is. But then when you have to now apply it to, to your data and, and you have to, as, as supervisors like to say, let your findings speak to your theoretical framework. I mean, they told me that so many times and I didn't understand what they were saying and I kept having to rewrite my findings. And I think I eventually got it to a point where it felt like they were satisfied that the findings were speaking in some sense to my theoretical framework, but it was quite an iterative process. I didn't know how to do it from the beginning. So how would you suggest, you know, that can be done or what advice might you have for, for doctoral students or other researchers in terms of how to do that or plan that or think about that a priori in terms of how you incorporate your theoretical framework into your findings? I think it's a really big question to to answer, like how to apply the theoretical framework uh, to, uh, I think it's more about like how to use it to analyze your data, isn't it? How to let your data speak to your theoretical framework or the theoretical frame speak to your data. So I think, like you just said, it's kind of like an interactive process. So you may start with very clear idea or very clear definition of a certain concept. Then you try to use this concept to explain your data, like the phenomena you have investigated or observed. But then you may find like, okay, it may work or not. Then you try to explain like why it works or it's not, it doesn't work. And I think that is the process of using theoretical framework to understand your data that is the phenomenon that you have investigated or observed. So it's like a two-way thing. So sometimes we'll, we may think that it's a one-way process saying like, okay, I'm using theoretical framework to say what my data tells me. But I think for me, I think it's a two-way around. So sometimes you will let your data to inform you like what it means, what is the meaning making during this process. And sometimes you will find like, okay, it is exactly what the theory has told me. And then it's like, hooray. But sometimes, like in a lot of cases, you may find, okay, it's actually contradicted to what the theory tells me. Then you may want to explain why is it the case? Is it the some limitations about the theory? Or my research method actually doesn't collect the data in a right way? Or is it because of the contexts are different. So I think it's during this process of using theoretical framework to understand your data and also use your data to gain a better understanding of your theoretical framework that you let these two speak to each other. Okay, but I'm going to ask a follow-up on that because that sounds really great in theory. So how do you actually do that? So I'm a, I'm a doctor student, I'm a researcher, I've got my findings and then I've got this probably really nice looking theoretical framework. If I have a diagram of some sort, you know, to all those who like to use visually appealing theoretical frameworks. So I've got these two separate, if you will, entities at the moment. How do I begin the process of that interaction, of that conversation, or that dialogue between the two? They want to speak to each other. I want them to speak to each other. In a practical sense, how do I even begin to try to do that? 
I think you try to find what in your data actually matches the beautiful thing in your theoretical framework. So, for example, we try to use like the conceptualization of agency to understand the children's agency. Then maybe my data will like the child would uh, say say no to the parents and also try to make. Decisions for the family holiday, or you know, to get involved in the decision making process. Then, when I see that aspects in my data, I would say, okay, this is how agency is manifested in my data. So that is using your conceptualization of agency to understand your data. So the the whole decision making process suddenly becomes a manifestation of agency in my research context. I don't know whether. Uh, I answered your question. Yeah, that that is helpful, and I think it speaks to your point earlier about it being an iterative process. Because I'm not sure there is a list or,、uh, you know, a, a sort of a, a phase process of step one, do this; step two, do that. I know I was being a bit provocative by trying to get you to do that, but. I, I'm not sure there is a way because I suppose if there is, somebody would have created it and <laughs> shared it with all of us to save us the agony. And it does seem like it is that iterative process that you just go through of becoming familiar with your data, of analyzing your data, however you choose to analyze it, and really seeing those concepts、uh, from your theoretical framework that are that the data picks up on, that the, that the data illuminates or, or provides insight about. So. I'm not sure, you know, if if somebody who's listening to this is looking for a phase system or or, or a list, but I think it, the message is that it is an iterative process. Probably not going to get a a list of one to ten of do A, do B, do C, do one, two, three, four, and then do do five, and then you'll have your your findings that you know perfectly integrate your theoretical framework. I think it's a process of. Writing and rewriting and rethinking and rewriting and just keeping on working at it to try to get that, that writing, that representation, that that manages to capture the insights that you want the theoretical framework to provide. That's helpful. So then, I mean, perhaps you've already answered this with some of the your previous comments. What what recommendation、um, might you have for doctoral students? Who are grappling with theoretical、uh, conceptual frameworks, and not just for doctoral researchers, for other types of researchers, and perhaps on the other side of things. I mean, part of the the reason why we do feel challenged is is because perhaps our supervisors are telling us to do these things that we don't seem to understand, and we have to keep going back and coming back and going back and forth. What recommendations might you have for supervisors and/or institutions as well in terms of supporting students to be better able to grapple with this idea of the theoretical framework and to be able to apply it in their research? I think for PhD students, like the first thing is that don't be scared of these big terms and these like theoretical framework, conceptual framework. It sounds like really scary and really serious. It's actually Just the wisdom of previous researchers and previous scholars. So you are trying to borrow their brain in order to guide your research to understand、uh, what is the best way to address your research questions. So don't be afraid of that. And also, I think the first thing you need to do is to get a really good grasp. Of the field of your research topic, so what has already been done and what 
is the most important theories in your field than to think about whether they can be used to guide your research. Because honestly, some research, they don't actually start with a theoretical framework. So like grounded theory, you actually just have an interesting question in mind and then you go into the field, you collect your data and that's the data to inform your research. So it's not necessary to have a theoretical or conceptual framework for your research. It's just like sometimes it helps you to understand your research questions better and helps to guide your research. So I think don't be afraid of that and also get a really good grasp of the field and then to see whether you need to choose a theoretical or conceptual framework for your research, or you can actually go the other way around. Then if you do need a theoretical and conceptual framework, then just be critical about all the theories available in your field and understand that every theory has a limitation. It may or may not work for your data, for your context, and also be reflective on that. And if it doesn't work, then just choose another one. So we can be flexible and doing research is a very long process and no one gets it right like immediately or get it right like once. So you can actually try out different things. And as long as you can be transparent about the process and be reflective on your journey of doing research, then I think it is okay. And we, we need to be more relaxing in terms of this this thing and don't take it too serious and also have more confidence in yourself so actually your data is contributing to the existing theoretical frameworks you are creating new knowledge and you your findings can actually refine the theoretical frameworks so sometimes when you try to apply the theoretical framework you find it doesn't work it may be the problem of the theoretical framework so actually your research your findings your data is make a contribution to refining the theoretical framework and to add new elements to that so i think that that would be the things that i wanted to if, if i if I could do my PhD again. That would be the things that I will tell myself, like when I'm choosing theoretical framework, et cetera. And as a teacher or as a lecturer and as a supervisor, I think, yeah, I think it will be interesting to like discuss all available theoretical frameworks with our students and also to be more flexible in terms of what kind of approach the students choose to take and also understand the position of the students and also to understand how their position may inform their choices in terms of the methodological approach or theoretical framework. Uh, and it can be like a negotiating process rather than like supervisor tells students what to do, what needs to be done. And I honestly believe that there are all these different ways of doing research. And like, even though there are so many like research methodological paper and the research methodological textbook tell you that step one, step two, step three. But I honestly think that doing research uh, is a really messy process. And also like your position as a researcher will affect how you approach research and how you approach different phenomenon. So we need to be aware of this and be uh, creative and innovative when we can. And as long as we reflect on how our methodology may affect the findings or 
the interpretation of our findings. So as a supervisor, I always try to be as flexible as I can and let the students to know that it's okay for you to explore different approaches and different ways and to try out different things. Even if you make a mistake, that's okay. Let's just try it again as long as you be transparent and be reflective during the process. That's really helpful. And I mean, I think my takeaway from your comments is is on both sides, this idea of being, well, certainly for students, reflexive about your own positionality, your theoretical perspectives, and your ability to apply the frameworks that you're thinking of in your research. And, and from the supervisor's side, being flexible and engaging in continuous dialogue with the student about the framework that they're encountering, that they're thinking about, and continue to support them through their own process of reflexively thinking about the theoretical framework, about their positionality, about their theoretical perspectives, and not just tell them to go out there and do it and sort of let them feel like they're all alone. So that's, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. It's been great speaking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. It's been wonderful being able to get your perspective as well from those different points of view in terms of different types of research or different frameworks for research. That's been really helpful. And I, and I hope this has, has been a helpful conversation for, for those who are listening today who are thinking about theoretical frameworks, thinking about selecting theoretical frameworks and thinking about identifying and applying theoretical frameworks. So thank you very much. Thank you. I really enjoyed our discussion. Thanks.